fighting, hatred, fear. Had enough of the noise? listening. You know, folks, today we have a fantastic show. We have Dr. Paul Alexander. Uh, I will call him Dr. Paul Alexander the Great. He has been a part of the um, President Trump uh, COVID response team. He has advised people at the World Health Organization. He has worked with governments for years. Folks, this man has so much integrity, so much experience, so much common sense that I can't wait for you to listen to this jaw-dropping interview where we're going to be discussing uh, natural immunity versus the experimental inoculation-induced immunity. It's a wipeout. Spoiler alert, it's a wipeout. Natural immunity, no comparison. But he's also going to drop some bombs in the second and third uh, segments during the interview that you definitely want to stay tuned for. Folks, great man, tons of integrity. You're going to love him and everything he has to say. Uh, you know, I was spending today um, getting my my heart space together, you know, because it's so challenging. Every day it's something bad, something horrible. And I was just appalled over the last couple of days listening to the Walensky's and the Bidens and the mayors of the democratic cities of the world. I was just, I was appalled. I'm like, if you're a Democrat, you cannot tell me that you recognize your party anymore. I'm an independent. I don't care. I, I, you know, I'm an American. That's, that's what I'm going to be the rest of my life. You can't tell me if you're a Democrat that you recognize these people, that your party anymore. It's been, it's been hijacked, right? It's been hijacked by fear-mongering profiteers. It's been hijacked, you know, seeing what's going on. How dare you tell Americans that this is the fault of the unvaccinated. And then in the same breath as you saying, we care about the people who are saying no to this terrible failed experiment that you're telling us that we're going to die. Oh, and by the way, Merry Christmas, right? Hey, you know what's under your tree? Oh, death. Thanks, Joseph Biden. I'll, I'll, keep my own counsel and do my own research on what's actually out there. Research like we're going to be publishing in one of the upcoming This Week in COVID articles. We've been doing some work on Omicron. I don't call it whatever it's supposed to be pronounced. I say Omicron because it sounds like, oh my God, to me, right? So Omicron, right? And I'm not saying Cron is God's, please don't text me with something like that. What I'm saying to you is I'm tired of chasing their fires right? I'm tired of trying to rush and put out their fires. We did some preliminary research on Omicron, and guess what we found? Guess how many times Omicron has been confirmed through genomic sequencing in the United States as of December 20th? Guess how many times? Eight. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Eight times is why we're getting a president to give a news conference, Walensky and the coordination of all of this. It's not an accident that the six 
district court or Sixth Circuit Court of Appeals, you know, reinstates in a two to one decision, reinstates the federal mandates on Friday at like 6 p.m. Pacific. And then on Monday, they have a full press conference ready to go. And then Tuesday, you have this corpse of a, a man walking out and telling you that if you don't get vaccinated, you're going to die. Uh, yet again, how many times have we heard that, right? That's what a lack of integrity looks like. What you're going to hear today with Dr. Paul Alexander is what integrity looks like. Folks, had a great meditation, great prayer session today. That's why one of the reasons why I'm so happy. And I got to tell you a little secret. A friend of mine called me and said, Dr. H, you have a statement you make, and I finally got it. I said, what did I, find, what did I say that you finally got? He said, you say all the time, the greatest energy always prevails. And I was like, yeah, that's right. It does. It's just a fact. It always does. Well, if the greatest energy right now is evil, which it's not, it's always going to be love, then evil will prevail. But I know in my heart that evil is not the greatest energy. They're a bunch of gutless cowards, all of them. The greatest energy is the love we have, the love we have for freedom, the love we have for our families, the love we have for our country. This is the this is the greatest energy. And this is what's going to help us prevail in 22. Folks, I feel it in my bones. It's going to be a great year for us. We are going to get to a grand jury investigation and we're going to get people held accountable. And it's going to be because of great men like Dr. Paul Alexander, Dr. Peter McCullough, Malcolm Magruder. Yeah, I'll throw that out there too. It's going to be because great men and great women did what was needed when it was needed most. I'm just in awe and in gratitude to everybody working so hard to make sure freedom is forever and freedom is for all. I'm one of those folks, and I hope you are too. When we come back after these messages, we'll talk with Dr. Paul Alexander, and you're going to love this interview, folks. Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, and we'll see you right after these messages. Because of COVID-19, many Americans worry about their health four times a day. That's 112 times per month. But by simply keeping our immune system strong, we can stay healthy and put our worries at ease. One little known way to do this is by taking AC11, a patented supplement from a plant in the Amazon rainforest. Studied for over 20 years and backed by over 40 scientific peer-reviewed studies, Taking AC11 has been proven to extend the life of immune cells called leukocytes, allowing you to boost immunity naturally. Go to HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for 20% off your first order of AC11. That's HealthyCell.com, H-E-A-L-T-H-Y-C-E-L-L, and use code OUTLOUD for 20% off. Welcome back, everyone. I am here with the great, and I do mean the great, Dr. Paul Alexander. How you doing, brother? Not bad. Thank you very much. And once again, I'm privileged to be talking to you. Oh, man. The privilege is mine as well. Uh, I am so excited because we get to teach today. And I know that's what you've been doing. You've been going around the country teaching, especially a lot of parents. So this is like, I, I can't wait to get to the conversation. You know, the first thing I want to get into 
is giving people a basic overview of the immune system. I think it's so important for people to understand because most people don't even know where their liver is. So how are they going to understand something as, that can be as complex as the immune system? Let's see if we can simplify it here. Now, we've heard for um, months, right, and probably years at, at this point, that immunity goes down as the antibody levels go down. But I say that's not true. What do you think about that? Does immunity go down as antibody levels go down? Oh, that's, a, that's a great question. And um, let me see how I can deal with it with some studies that might come to mind too. Um, well, I think what happened was, uh, and, 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 and straight out of the gate, no. Um, your um, the natural immunity, the immunity that we, we acquire is long lived. Mm -hmm. And um, for decades, probably for the rest of our lives. Mm -hmm. And um, because we know that um, just before the vaccine came out, um, the, the CDC and the NIH commissioned some studies where they were showing that they were trying to make the claim to the public that, look, you know, you should be anxiously awaiting this vaccine. So they were teeing the public up for vaccine because they're saying, look, this study showed that your antibodies are waning. So that means you're losing your immunity. But they knew better than that. They knew they were deceiving the public. Yeah, right. Being disingenuous, disingenuous because they knew that the, your immunity is not just your antibodies. There's a cellular component, the, your, your B cell, your B cells and your the cellular compartment, the cellular aspect, which is your helper T cells, your natural killer cells, et cetera, mm -hmm. CD4 plus CD8. And... Um, that these were as important as antibodies or even more important. Mm -hmm. And uh, to show that we know that, you know, you, you get exposed, you're infected, you, you viral replication, et cetera. When uh, the antibodies, you know, you recover and the antibodies peak, they will win. We mm -hmm. know naturally, we, we know, we expect them to win. So if you show me, that this person had COVID before and they recovered and their antibodies now have gone down. Well, I think the evidence, the science shows us that the antibodies will decline and they will not disappear. They will, they will plateau at a very low level and remain. But we know that, we know that um, the B cells as part of your long-lived immunity, they differentiate into, uh, I think, long-lived bone marrow plasma cells. That, mm -hmm. that, that, that remain, they're quiescent and they're dormant. And as time goes by, if you re-expose, the immune system doesn't have to relearn how to react to that point. Exactly. They will churn out antibodies again and you will deal with it. And that's the process. So, 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 the, so the, the statement that you have lost your immunity or you're losing your immunity was, was, was just a clear falsehood to the public to make you think that the only way out of this is vaccine, and that was uh, that was a falsehood because, I mean, we've spoken before. The real choice is natural immunity versus vaccine, and the question is, how could you ever consider a vaccine that gears only towards one protein on the on the virus versus mm -hmm. natural immunity that is very complete, bulletproof? It looks at like the complete viral ball, and it's lifelong. And uh, we have studies to show how long lasting it is. Amen. You know, for our audience listening, I want I want to just bring a couple of things together. One of the things I love doing, Dr. Paul, is I love teaching, right? And so we're talking about immunity. I get to nerd out a little bit right now and everything. 
let me see if I can I can encapsulate this as well and and just follow up because I think it's sometimes really helpful to hear something a second time. Once you get infected, now first thing I want to do is say there's a difference between exposure and infection. Exposure means you came in contact with something, but infection means that in this case a virus has uploaded into your cell and is taking over those normal cellular functions. So. When you are infected for the first time, your body is going to fight that because the body says that that virus is not supposed to be there. And there are mechanisms within the cell to fight it. And there are mechanisms outside of the cell to fight it, most notably B cells and T cells and natural killer cells and macrophages, all these wonderful gobbling up kind of cells. Once they have figured out how to kill the infection, they mount a incredibly well-coordinated response. They kill the infection. And then the antibodies that they use to kill that infection and clear the infection from the entire body will start to go down. Why? Because they're supposed to go down. Your body doesn't need that circulating high level of antibodies anymore. What remains are the T cells that are now primed to identify for future exposure. What remains are the plasma cells that get converted into what are called memory cells so that they retain an antibody memory of it, of the infection as well. So if you get exposed again, now your body can fight this without ever even needing to mount a very aggressive immunological response, something that we would equate with symptom severity, right? So you don't even know that you're fighting it. Now, Dr. Paul, you pulled some incredible studies. And if you haven't checked out his work on the Brownstone uh, Institute.org, I, I first came across this when you had put together, I think, 79 studies. And now it's like over 140 studies that show <laughs> 140, let me say it again, folks, 140 studies around the world show that natural immunity, immunity that, that we develop post-infection far is far superior to the immunity that's developed post-inoculation. Dr. Paul, there were three studies you wanted to highlight for everybody that you've put together. What were those three studies that you wanted to share? Well, thanks, thanks again for bringing that point up. And the reality is that the approach was, you know, sometimes people will pull one study and show you, and you know, my background is evidence-based research and, and, and medicine. So um, it's the body of evidence that we really want to look at. It's not necessarily one study because some may be stronger, some may be weaker. And evidence is sometimes it's not even a comparative study. It could actually be a well-written report, a review, et cetera. Even anecdotal evidence is, is strong evidence. So anyway, what I did was I pulled as much of these things together, and uh, it was it was very clear, consistently within the literature that um, that natural immunity and aspects of natural immunity are far more equal, but far more superior than vaccine immunity. So, for example, we have this one study by um, the 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 Labert group that showed us that um, Persons who were infected with the SARS-1 virus, that's about 2000 to 2003, when they look at the blood today, they found that there was still uh, an immune, a cellular response uh, to the SARS-1. Uh, but also they found that um, there was cross-reactivity, cross-protection to SARS-2, the existing SARS coronavirus, which is very, very important. And it kind of helps us understand why like children um, was so spared in the beginning because of uh, the, 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 the 
argument that their exposure of three to four to five common goals per year, which are coronaviruses themselves, give children a leg up and uh, where they cross-react and cross-protect against the SARS-2 virus, this virus, COVID virus, because they are coronaviruses. So um, it also helps understand too that, uh, you know, we have some very, very unique research that shows that we looked at things, some, some science that showed us that uh, in households where there are children versus households with no children, the households with children, um, the adults in the household uh, had very much lower rates of uh, infection from SARS-2 than in households with no children. It demonstrated to us that children provided, just the mere presence of children provided protection against SARS-CoV-2. So it really demonstrates the, the, the superiority of your immune system. There's another interesting study published in a, in a, a, a portal called SIDRAC. And what they did was in 2008, 2010, the scientists uh, had access to some blood from um, persons who were alive in 1918, exposure to the, and they were exposed to the Spanish flu almost a hundred years before. And uh, these were little kids at that point, but they were exposed. What researchers did find when they looked at their blood was that they had cellular T cell immunity still to the Spanish flu. Wow. 100 years after. And that study was what made us really, you know, you could say it, that natural immunity is bulletproof and lifelong. But that particular piece of research actually demonstrated conclusively right. that your immunity is lifelong because this was 100 years, 100 years, 90 years, but let's say 100, where people showed a strong cellular T-cell immune response. So it was fascinating, and it was a, uh, it is uh, it, 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 it is a very important piece of research that has guided us. And when we look at study after study, there's a there's a group in, uh, in La Jolla, the Shane Crotty Lab themselves. They do a lot of work on cross-reactive, cross-protection, cross-protective immunity, uh, immunity from from common colds. And um, there's a. Uh, a uh, good piece of research by Losk et al. And they found that the, that the innate immune system and the natural immune system of children come so pre-activated and primed that uh, it helps explain why these children are so protected and they have such low burden to begin with because the immune system is... Uh, some people would say that the, the, the immunity is naive and untrained, but they actually made the argument and showed that it is that naivety and, 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 and untraining that actually positions the immunity, the immune system in a much stronger uh, position to, uh, to react very potently. So that I mean, I know, I know you are an expert in uh, the immune system way ahead of me, but I mean, I have been heavily worked in the area I don't pretend to be more expertizing even you, um, but but my my own surface fifty thousand foot level is that you cannot compare these vaccines to to your uh, natural immunity and um, your ability to even mount your natural immunity and use it to protect you. And I think that's the core argument here with these vaccine mandates. You know. Why would you be preventing people who are even COVID recovered? Especially when we see mm -hmm. that 
have evidence like from Crema, Matuyodakis, mm-hmm. from that raw that showed us that if you already COVID recovered, so you have natural immunity and you layer vaccine immunity on top of it, you have a strong likelihood to end up in the hospital. You can exactly. Right. And that, so I, I, there's so much to unpack right there. Give me a second. I want to see if I can unpack this a little bit. First of all, the, the big thing that gets under my skin from as a, as a scientist is, and it's just as a critical thinker is this idea that vaccines confer immunity. No, they don't. Vaccines are an artificial infection. That's all they're doing. The immunity is still conferred by the immune system. So what the artificial infections are doing is supposedly providing a um, antigen that can be easily killed by the immune system so the immune system can develop the memory of it. And this whole process of lifelong immunity can be created. It's essentially a weak challenge. I I like to, uh, the analogy I like to make is imagine you're feeding a snake. Your immune system is the snake and and the snake is in a terrarium. You break the legs of of the rodent and you put it in there. That's what a vaccine does. It makes it easy for the snake to get to eat the rodent, right? as opposed to a rodent that you put in there that has all this ability to evade the, um, the snake, which would be a wild infection or, or a natural kind of infection. So first and foremost, we have to get out of our head as a populace that vaccines confer immunity. They do not. They confer a challenge so that immunity can be established, okay? Second thing that I wanted to unpack, because you got me thinking right now, Dr. Alexander, what if these boosters, what if they, they, we've, we've heard so many reports that the, it, the post-inoculation immunity wanes because they're measuring antibody levels, right? What if the antibody levels are waning because the, the inoculations that were developed were based upon a strain that's no longer in circulation? So if you give somebody a shot, right, for the alpha strain, right? And the alpha strain is what the body develops, at least the spike protein is what the uh, body develops the antibodies for. But there's no alpha variant circulating in the world really anymore. Well, now there's no need. So yes, within two months, the antibody levels are gonna go down. But what if you don't need another booster? What if you give somebody a booster to create more antibodies to the alpha variant that is no longer circulating, you're wasting all of it right there. And you're misreading the situation. It isn't that the antibodies went down because you know the inoculation is waning in its effectiveness. It's that it's not needed. The immune system, the body is working correctly. And the problem with the inoculations is that they take such a small snippet of code, the mRNA ones we're talking about, that and the code isn't coded for Omicron, isn't coded for Delta, right? And this is the problem with the mRNA shots is they're not looking at a full sequence of the virus. They're looking at just a small snippet of the virus that changes. So I know that we're getting into the weeds a little bit here and I apologize for anybody I'm losing, but essentially what I'm saying is this, what if the CDC, even for the people who've elected to get shots are simply and intentionally misreading what's happening in the body, that the antibody levels are supposed to go down after two months because the alpha variant, which the inoculations, the experimental inoculations are coded for, are, is no longer uh, are circulating around the globe, right? Mm-hmm. This is kind of, this is a, it's a crazy thought, maybe, maybe not, 
right? But we can all at least certainly agree. And I, I love what you said about the kids because we saw reports coming out last summer about kids being the breaks. Kids stop the viral spread. And I think what you expressed was it's because of that naivety of their immune system. Their immune system being naive has to be on alert for everything. <laughs> so they're going to handle it well. Well, I think, I think there's a strong argument to be made that if you take children off the battlefield, if you take their immune system, their innate immune response and their own natural immune response off the battlefield by vaccine, um, we, it's not that children need, we need the children to get to natural immunity or who, mm -hmm. let's say use the term herd immunity, but we are interfering with children when they have an immune system, an immune response that, mm -hmm. I mean, again, I, I tip my hat to your expertise in this area. I'm speaking even, I, I have enough immunology behind me, but I'm speaking as a generalist, but you taking children who could handle this effectively and naturally, and um, you, 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 we run the risk of subverting and damaging the immune system. And, mm -hmm. and the point that you just made uh, about um, the antibodies weaning, and uh, it's not, it's that, it's, it, 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 this, the situation, I think it boggles the mind that these people are pushing the population and even trying to get you to agree to your child to inoculate you with a vaccine that holds for a strain that is long gone. Long next gone. Year. Mm -hmm. And, 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 you know, of course you, you put, put that in somebody going to have a quick spike of the antibodies, but, and that's where somebody like, um, I don't know uh, how much work you've done with him with uh, Dr. Dan Scott. Do you know what I'm talking about? I, I don't, I've never met him. Okay. And uh, his, um, his, his basic philosophy is, and I've been studying a lot of what he's been saying, and this is how I understand it, is that the immune system, it, it has nothing to do with variants mm -hmm. because, 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 because the studies are showing now that the variants are like 99.7% similar. There's just mm -hmm. a 0.3% difference in the spike. In, in right. The so it has nothing to do about variants or more var uh, lethal variants or infectious variants. It has only to do where the immune system is just fighting wrong from the beginning. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and uh, you could change the variant if you want, um, uh, scaring the public with this new variant, that new variant, and the vaccines working. It has nothing to do with that. It has to do with, it has to do with your prime immune system suboptimally with the vaccine, and it will forever from that point on. If the first exposure is vaccine and you've primed it, prejudiced it suboptimally, it mm -hmm. will respond that way to that pathogen for the rest of your life. And uh, so, do you know, they have this term original antigenic sin. I've just written an op-ed and I, I renamed it immortal antigenic sin because I said, it's not original sin that we could absolve with baptism. This is a definite disaster for the rest of your life if the immune system is subverted in the wrong direction forever. So it's a mortal sin, it's not an original sin. And it puts you in a situation where you are going to need the people who have administered the experimental inoculation for the rest of your life, which is exactly it. If it, I mean, think about it like this. If you want to be profitable in your business, imagine creating a customer that is going to be with you from cradle to the grave, right? 
you are guaranteed to be a part of that person's life for their entire life and all the financial benefits that come with that relationship. And I think that's what I love about natural medicine and everybody out there who's really practicing it. Cause we're saying we don't want to be financially intertwined with our patients for the rest of their life. We only want to be intertwined financially with our patients when they need us. And our job is to make sure they need us as infrequently as possible, right? It's a completely different mental state. Folks, we're going to take a short break and be right back with Dr. Paul Alexander. Uh, I am just in love with this conversation right now. I'm learning so much. I hope you are too. We'll be right back after these messages. Each of us is born with 30 trillion cells that make us. These cells determine how we feel, perform, sleep, focus, and how long we live. And to live our best life, all we have to do is feed our cells. But most food and supplements don't reach our cells, keeping us from reaching our full potential. Make every cell count with Healthy Cell. Founded with a mission to empower people to take control of their own health at the most fundamental level, Dr. Vincent Jampapa, world-renowned cell researcher and medical doctor, created supplements that work at the cellular level to boost immune health, sleep better, focus deeper, and stay younger longer. Go to HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for 20% off your first order of any product. And that's HealthyCell.com, H-E-A-L-T-H-Y-C-E-L-L. And use code OUTLOUD for 20% off. Just imagine spending Christmas in a spaceship. Astronaut James Irwin says the Earth reminded us of a Christmas tree ornament hanging in the blackness of space as we got farther and farther away it diminished in size. Finally, it shrank to the size of a marble, the most beautiful marble you can imagine. From all of us here at America Out Loud, may the warmth of the season embrace you and yours. Merry Christmas, my fellow Americans. America Out Loud Talk Radio, liberty and justice for all. All right, everybody, welcome back. I'm here with Dr. Paul Alexander. And I mean the great Dr. Paul Alexander. You got the name for it, Alexander. Dr. Paul Alexander the Great. That's what I'm going to be calling you from now on. You had some things you wanted to share with the audience straight out of break. I want to give you the floor to go ahead and do that. Go for it. Again, thanks a lot. And uh, look, um, I think we have a few in all of this last 22 months, there have a few things that right now are really the principal issues. And one of them is the issue about children and vaccines, these vaccines. So like we were talking earlier that children come with an innate immune system because they are what you could say, uh, let's say antigen naive, or antigen inexperienced early on because they have not dealt with the environment. So they have not laid on long live natural immunity, et cetera. So they must come with something to help them deal with the various pathogens out there. And they do. It's their innate immunity. 
And that innate immunity is so potent and it has served them well. And it is why we know that children are, have, COVID has basically spared our children. And, and uh, there's a lot of good um, research and a, a good strong debate by some major immunologists that are arguing that look, if you vaccinate children, the, 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 the vaccinal antibodies, the antibodies from the vaccine have the potential to suppress the innate antibodies in children. And if you did that, you are going to pretty much render them defenseless against the range of pathogens that the innate immune system, not just SARS-CoV-2, normally deals with. And um, if you then try to boost, the argument too is that every time you boost, you are going to be boosting the vaccinal antibodies, which will continually keep the innate antibodies suppressed. And that could be a catastrophic, catastrophic situation. You see, the problem that we need to understand is that the vaccine developers study none of this. Because, none of it. Because I can come up with 15 questions, you could come up with 15 questions, and people would say, but oh, did they not study it? No. They studied nothing. Mm-hmm. They, they didn't study anything. So, so we have all of the questions. We would we want to know well, why the hell would you go back to the lab and address these issues? And I think the key issue for parents is this. The data is clear now 20 months. 20 months of data. We had data from the beginning of May that mm-hmm. has shown us stably across the world. It has not changed. We have the Swedish study that looked at the 2 million yep. kids, 0 to 16, yep. no deaths. We have the German study that looked at all the German kids, no deaths. No deaths. The data is clear. The children do not readily get infected. When they do, If they do get infected, they don't readily spread. Mm-hmm. Statistical zero risk of spread to other children, to adults. The spread to children is often adult to child. Children don't take it home, and children don't get seriously ill from this. So the question becomes to a parent is really a risk management question and decision. Yep. Why would you bring a vaccine to me that my child brings near zero risk to the table, but you right. are bringing a vaccine to me that confers no benefit, potential harms, and we've seen the harms that are happening to, to teenagers and to adults in the CDC's various database, the deaths, the adverse events, the yep. user vigilance database. So we know. I have people in my family. I have people in my friends now who know someone who've died from the vaccine. Who mm-hmm. got everyone now knows someone. So this is not hearsay. So parents must 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 ask themselves a simple question: My child brings near zero risk to the table. You're giving them a vaccine that could harm them, and principally they don't need it. But then why? Why right. would I give my child this vaccine? And that's, that's all you need to ask yourself as a parent. It's not simply, hey, pull up to the CVS, roll up your sleeve and take this jab. No, right. no, 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 no. You need to consider the benefits and the harms. And if you do as a parent, there is no way, there is no way an informed parent could agree to give their child this vaccine. Zero. One hundred percent. Let me just let me just piggyback on there. This is direct data from the CDC that was compiled that my team compiled as of December 17th, 2021, Dr. Paul. So we have in the age zero to 17 demographic, 6,400,000 cases of confirmed COVID. That's in comparison to 21 million 
cases in the 18 to 49 group. So that substantiates right there that children do not get infected nearly as frequently because of this great immunity that they have, this great naive immune system they have. When we look at the American data even further, there have been over 6 million and 276,000 confirmed recoveries, according to the CDC's calculations, which creates a recovery rate of 99.98%, which is far greater than the seasonal flu, far greater than the seasonal flu. The odds of dying of a child under 18 dying is one in 6,451. And that is far better odds than again with the flu. Now, when we look at the vaccine adverse events reporting system data, we see something very alarming. We see that there have been over 31,000 injury reports in children between the ages of six and 17. And we see that there have been over a thousand myocarditis or pericarditis reports. And we know that varus is underreported on a factor of five to 41 times. That means that you can at the very least multiply this data by a factor of five, by five times to get a more accurate number. We know that 2,261 children under 18 have been, um, uh, have been hospitalized. We know that 412 have experienced life-threatening results post-inoculation and that 230 are permanently injured where 50 have died. And this is the one that gets me all the time, Dr. Paul, I, I measure how many people have died within 48 hours. And I measure that because it's very difficult to argue that causation hasn't occurred, that the inoculation, the experimental inoculation hasn't caused the death. Well, we've seen this number ticking up the last two weeks in the age six to 17. It is now at 11 children have died within 48 hours post inoculation. You don't hear this on the news. You have to go and listen to testimony from Ernesto Ramirez or Valerie Scott. These are the father and mother of children, teenagers who died, teenagers who should have never had access to these experimental inoculations because there was no benefit for them. It was all risk and they were total proof of that. If you haven't heard in the stories of Simone Scott and Ernesto Ramirez Jr., you owe it to yourself if you're a parent to educate yourself on the stories of those parents because children are dying from an experimental inoculation they should have never had access to. Dr. Paul, one of the questions I've had since the start is where's the off switch? We know these are mRNA shots go in and artificially infect a cell, right? What turns off the production of the spike protein that we know from the University of California, San Diego and the Salk Institute to be injurious to the heart, injurious to the blood vessels, injurious to the brain, injurious to the mitochondria, the energy producing factories within the cell. What turns off the production of that? And no one's been able to answer it. And even Dr. Robert Malone, who is claims to be the inventor of this technology, right? And, and is having remorse at doing it, thank God, says we don't know what the off switch was is. And that's been the big problem for me. That means that a person could, and we've seen this happen clinically, be producing spike proteins long, long, long after the people that are telling you to take this shot think that they can't any longer. And that's what's concerned me in some of the autopsy studies that I've read, 
of people who've died post-inoculation where their bodies, their systems are flooded with spike protein. Is that really what you want your children to experience? You know, athletes around the world, we've seen them passing out on the field and dying even on the field uh, during games. Is that what you want your children to experience? Dr. Paul, what do you think about all of this? Well, I mean, I mean, look, you know, when you when you read some of the science and stuff, you see that, and you know that normally in the in the scheme of things, when the mRNA goes in, this regular mRNA um, that gets read on the ribosome, mm -hmm. it's probably a one-off read, and mm -hmm. it translates and builds the protein molecule, and uh, then you have enzymes in the RNAases that dissolve them, etc., and that's it. Right, right. But some of the evidence is showing us that these mRNA in those lipid nanoparticles, they come with this um, uh, caps, molecular caps in the ends, nucleoside mm -hmm. caps in the five prime and the three prime end. And, and you can see it, it's almost as though you have this molecule with these molecular caps that safeguard the ends. And now it is almost like they could be churning out spike continuously because they can't be degraded anymore. Right. So it's, it's, it's forever. Dr. McCullough, who um, I think, you know, I look at him as a mentor, probably one of the as someone who should get some sort of um, meritorious award at the end of this. Um, he's talked about some good pioneering research now by Dr. Bruce Patterson. I show mm -hmm. you probably. Mm -hmm. And uh, Dr. Patterson has shown that the, that the S1 subunit of the spike is being found uh, in, the in the body from natural infection. When you yep. get normal uh, SARS, 15 months post recovery. Right. So, if that is happening, we could infer as scientists that if, if from natural infection, the spike and components of the spike are found in the system, we could assume that the artificial spike produced by the vaccine will also be found most likely in the system 15 months. And here's a question. If you want to boost me every, let's say you boost in every six months, right? we will never, ever get spike out of the blood because ever. it carry over is 15 months. You, you'll never. never clear spike. And that raises the question you just you just made. Do you want spike in the body when, in your children, when the researchers did not study mm -hmm. the impact of this? And that's the key here. That's the key. And that's, that's the, you use the word concern. Remember, at the end of a study, we would like to say and write up in our reports from the safety part of the study that we have using the phrase excluded harms. Mm -hmm. That's a very important phrase, that we've excluded harms. We cannot say that for these vaccines because they didn't do the study. They didn't. The first rule of medicine is do no harm. That is the first rule of medicine. So excluding harms is very important to research for. Yes. And that's, that's why we don't authorize these things for mass distribution until clinical trials have concluded, right? And these, all these clinical trials are still going. The Cormier-Nadi, the longest one, it goes until May 31st of 2027. Yeah, you heard that right. The supposed Cormier-Nadi that is FDA approved, the clinical trials don't end until May 31st, 2027. You know, what, what blows me away about this, this whole thing is that the people who are pushing so hard know all this. Yes, that's what's so disconcerting because you have to start ask. we're all critical thinkers. We have to objectively ask, well, why? Why would you push for this? Are you pushing because you really care about me? No, Give, please. Are you pushing because you really believe this is going to work? 
some maybe, some not. But I do know why the key players who continue to push, like the puppy killer, Anthony Fauci, continue to push. It's because they have a vested financial interest in pushing. And that's my big question. How many people that are pushing the mandates from governors to presidents, to appointed officials, to public health officials, how many of them have some vested interest financially, whether it's they're invested in uh, Moderna, they're invested in Pfizer, they're invested in Johnson and Johnson, or a family member is, or how many of how much of it is just when they keep going along, they get more money from the government, money that they can use to pay themselves a higher salary, give themselves a little pay bump, give themselves and their team a little bonus for going along to get along, right? These are the questions we have to start asking. We have to get into the money on this because it's going to answer so many of our ultimate questions. But to the last point you made, Dr. Paul, on how do we turn this off? I will tell the audience once again, what we have seen clinically turn this off is fasting. The mm -hmm. process, the cellular process called autophagy, or if you're in the United Kingdom, autophagy. I always laugh at that because the whole word is autophagocytosis, but people have somehow <laughs> trimmed it down to autophagy. I was like, I don't know how you got to autophagy from autophagocytosis, but all right. I call it autophagy. I don't care if you think I'm mispronouncing it. I'm not. It is the most important thing that you can study if you have a loved one who is suffering right now from post-inoculation injuries. It is the most important thing you could do that's, and it would, I love it because it's this divinity that lives within us. Our body is already designed to handle even the horror of these experimental inoculations if we just give it the opportunity to. And how do you do it? Talk to your medical professionals. Talk to people who know how to fast. And then you get into somebody like Dr. Vic, uh, Walter Longo from the University of Southern California. Go and study his research on fasting and autophagy. It is brilliant. It is the strongest in the world right now. And it is, an, I think, the absolute key to helping once we win this argument on mandates and once we make sure that it remains personal choice, that we can help every single person who's been injured by the lies that coerced them into getting these shots. We just have to get into practicing fasting as a society and it'll, it'll work. Now, Dr. Paul, we're coming up against it, but I, I, I would be remiss if I didn't get to this next question here. And that is what has COVID taught you over the last two years of you working tirelessly to be make sure you're on the right side of history and saving people all around the world? Well, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm working in tandem with people like yourself and, uh, you know, like the general public. I mean, people say, you know, Paul, we want you to come and speak. You're an expert. I said, no, I'm, I'm not an expert. I, I, I'm j I am, I agree, I'm heavily worked in the area because, like yourself, we have to read everything. We have to stay on top of the data every day. So if you ask me a question, I kind of know what, something to talk about. But the reality is what I have learned is a couple of things. One, I, I've learned that people like Fauci and, and these people, Francis Collins, and they, the incredible ego and hubris of these people and the duplicity in them that, that they could know that something is wrong. So the hubris in there that they could enact lockdowns and see the, the catastrophic failure and the deaths and the harms due to their policy. 
and yet refuse to stop it or change it. It's almost as though they're in this sort of expertigial position that they that they um they have to send on edicts to you and you have to just follow it. And I can't understand people with that kind of narcissism and ego. And it has crystallized that these public servants are just egotistical to me, narcissistic maniacs. That's number one. What mm -hmm. I also learned is that shocked me is, and I still struggle with it, is the ease at which Americans and even Canadians and other people in the world acquiesced and went along yeah. with what their government said. I, I, you know, I, I used to say, no, people wouldn't accept that. No, 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 people would And yet they did. Mm -hmm. And uh, it, 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 it just demonstrated to me that um, over probably the last three, three decades, those people between governments and business really did a good job of taking people, human beings, and dumbing them down Mm -hmm. And reducing you into a person that your only fixation is watching this little cell phone screen and sliding it. Amen. Okay, that's all. And you're not a critical thinker. You've lost the ability to reflect and to, re you don't even read past the first line of the title. Mm -hmm. That's right. So, so you're not informed. And to be done. The problem is the governments were able, and these nefarious people, to me, nefarious, um, to do what they've done because. People are not informed. It's as, it's as straightforward as that. And um, our job right now is to try quickly to see how much we can inform and to open your eyes because in this case, it's not like they're selling you a bad car. They're right. selling you something that we could have. This is humanity altering, put it this way. Yeah. And, and they're selling you that you should put yourself back into slavery. That's, yes. that's really what the sale is here. And the slavery being that you should be attached to a hospital and a doctor for your entire life, you know, and okay. that's, that's preposterous, right? It's, it's absolutely preposterous. Now um, we're going to end on this note because it's something and we're going to keep really short, but uh, we got to end on this. You know, the one thing I love about you so much is the integrity is easy to see. You, you, you know, I watch your, your um, interviews. I listen to interviews. I read your work. The passion and the integrity are right on full display. I don't know if you know this about me, but I've, you know, consulted on well over 100 COVID cases, 100% recovery rate. I haven't taken a penny for any of that. And I've told everyone I will not take any money on COVID. We, we've put on events. We raise money for funding for legal efforts and science and, and education, but I don't take any money and I won't take any money on this, right? I've been seeing the last couple of weeks, some people on the good side, this on the, on the health freedom side of things really starting to, I think, profit off of this. And it's been very disconcerting for me because I think we have something very, we have to win this fight. This is, this is a fight we cannot lose under any circumstances. And I, and I worry that when people start making this about profitability, they injure us. You're a man of integrity. What do you think about what's going on in the last few weeks on the health freedom side of things? Well, I mean, look, um, the question is, I think each person must have a line of integrity. And the question is, is your line of integrity one that could be shifted and could mm -hmm. be bought? Mm -hmm. So I know I'm speaking for you, even though I can't really speak for you, but I, I, I think I understand what I mean here. Is I'm speaking for me. My line of integrity can't work. Look, I'll say it here. 
Okay, so that you understand. One of the major vaccine developers about five days ago, I shared this with a few people so far, um, and people wanted me to have sit down with the, with, the, with the news media. They called my cell phone twice. I don't know how, it really disconcerted me because of um, the fact that they, my cell phone was like almost on the state number, a new phone I got. So I've now jumped that phone. But anyway, they were blunt. They want me off the battlefield and they offered me money, signing money, a significant amount of money and a $50,000 a month salary. Mm. Now I'm telling you openly here now, we had a discussion and I told them no. Mm -hmm. Because, because of the 50, look, like you, we're going through a hard time. I have lost consultancies mm -hmm. because of my work in US government, because of my advocacy for early treatment. I wrote that paper with McCullough mm -hmm. because I'm anti-vaccine, particularly in children. I'm not anti-vaccine. I'm, I'm, I'm anti these vaccines. And even, even the, what I've learned now about vaccines, I have a lot of reservations. But, but I have gotten vaccines all my life. Now I've learned so much, but these vaccines are a problem. This right. is a very different discussion to have, particularly for our children. Right. But what I'm saying is that people have people people have come to me because they've seen the things that I've written and they've seen what I've said. And because you rightly said, you know, I deliver things in a different way. And they they were surprised and they said, well, but we know, they even knew about me if it surprised me on the phone. They said, but we know right now you're in between positions. You don't have stable income. Mm -hmm. And I said, well, I've been getting by and I will get by. Mm -hmm. That's the point. Your line of integrity, at the end of the day, when you lay down at night, I've realized this. I want to stare at the ceiling as I re recollect my day and my plan to my next day. And I want to know in my heart that my line mm -hmm. of integrity that I went into the day remains firm. And Amen. you will not purchase it from me. Amen. And you said something that is key. This is a fight and a battle that we have to win. This is almost humanity. People don't realize you. I mean, I could come myself into, into the group, but McCullough, we are, we, are, we are literally waging a battle for most people. And, mm -hmm. and I'm not saying this because people are incapable. I think people are still shell-shocked. I think a lot of people in our population still don't understand. They can't understand how ruthless this is. Amen. They, they can't. And the thing is, that takes critical thinking and it takes foresight. It takes the understanding of how could this be misused even further. And we have the ability to see that potential. And we understand that there's no illusions about what the humans in power are. They, they're going to do that. What were you going to say? It's just wrong. It's just, see, it's just as simple as that. It, we, we, it, that's, uh, this is why me and you are kindred spirits, because to me, it comes down to that simple thing, right and wrong. This is wrong. And yes. if, if, I, if I don't say something about it, if I don't thrust my entire yes. being into it, then I'm wrong as well, because yes. I know that's why God put me here to yes. do this, right? I have to fight. I have to fight. I don't, I, there's no other, I was made to fight and I was made to fight this. Right yes, here. So I think so. Whatever comes of that, comes of that. But this is yes. what my life purpose is, right? You understand yes. this now, right? Yes. So so what I say first and foremost is 
great interview. Thank you so much for being here. I want you back on in the yes, new year. Often. Okay, yes. often. Yeah, I, I, I love talking with you. Um, and I also want to say that, folks, it's in the darkest moments where the light comes next. And that's what we're seeing. We're in the darkest moments right now. It's the light that comes after. And the light that is going to come is going to be because we came together as a people. They, they thought they were separating us, but they unified us. Yes. And they unified us in a specific call to action. And you're going to hear this from me again and again for the rest of this until we win. That call to action is to expose the willful misconduct and to make sure that grand juries, juries made up of people like us, review the information that we have all put together, subpoena the records that they don't want us to see, and hand down indictments to the guilty. Wrongdoing cannot be the new normal, and we have to expose the willful misconduct for exactly what it is wrongdoing. We can't do better than that when we're talking about natural immunity. You're not going to do better than that than going to Substack uh, for Dr. Paul Alexander and reading his work, going to Brownstone Institute and reading his work. Great dude. Love him so much. I'm so glad that we have men and women like him with that high level of integrity on our side, aren't you? I'm going to leave it there. I'm going to say once again, Merry Christmas and a happy new year to you and your loved ones. 22 is going to be our year. I can feel it. I hope you can too. Until that time, may God shine his divine light down upon you, everyone that you love, and surround you in the protection of his warm embrace. I'm Dr. H for the Energetic Health Institute and Energetic Health Radio. See you next show, folks. Have a great one. Peace.